Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golick. Wow. How about that? Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., and joined over on desk by Jesse Cofield. Jesse, do you feel better than us, positioned above us right now? Absolutely. I definitely feel like I'm looking down on you guys, and I'm going to keep that sort of vibe as the show continues. As, yeah. as well you should. You mm-hmm. should be looking down on us. Yeah. And I really love how the fact that I've been at this the longest, yet you negotiated your name first. How did that happen? Yeah. Does he have a better agent than you? What's up? I, seriously. Really? The, the classic bait and switch of getting over <laughs> here and making it my podcast first, and then we just jam it on there at the end. So 
for everyone tuning in right now, maybe every podcast is somebody's first. Maybe you've been here for a while with the podcast or the show. So let's do the explainer here. Um, this is Gojo and Golik. We are going to be now live Monday through Friday, five days a week, 8 to 10 p.m. 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern yeah, yeah. on DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV Plus, and the DraftKings YouTube channel. You can check us out there. If you are coming over as a listener to the Gojo Show podcast, this is us now. This is who we are. This is not a separate thing. We are just more people now inside the family here on the DraftKings network. And so that will still show up in your podcast feed for the podcast audience. Shout out, gang, gang. We appreciate you. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be in all those same places. Yes, same we are. social handles. So it's going to show up where it's always been for you. And if you're new and coming over because you saw some press about this, hey, welcome. Uh, we're in Boston this week. We're all yes, live we are. together. So How about that? We look and sound pretty good in the studio here. Uh, Jesse's still got the jacket that she stole from Kevin Hart. Uh, Aren't you supposed to give that back? I'm definitely going to give it back. Definitely. No, you're not. I'm absolutely going to return this jacket that was worn by Kevin Hart. No, you're not. Listen, eventually it's going to get thrown back into the pile there. Or not. Who's to say? But... So Jesse is going to be around with us yes. a lot more. Super producer Brandon Newman still very much in the building right now. He's one minute, working. one minute before the show started, I said, "Brandon, where are you going to be?" And he said, "I don't know. Yeah, I, we have no idea where Brandon is in the he building. He thought he here. might Zero. be in this room. Yeah, but he's not. <laughs> I, I think he might be at some point. Like, yeah, you want dynamic? He's a chameleon, yeah. and he's going to find his way in. So also, if you want dynamic, uh, you can follow the rest of the show. We got a great show for yeah, you we do. today. Yes, yes we do. Um, very much looking forward to a few things coming down the pipeline. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review, do all that good stuff. Leave us the five-star rating. Show the new show some love here. We have got a little snippet of our conversation with Hall of Famer Joe Montana mm-hmm. coming off of everything we had go on this weekend in the world of college sports, which we'll get to. And, of course, his former team, the 49ers, trading Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys. We have also got... Former NFL GM Mike Mayock joining us here on the show right. as we break down cut day in the NFL coming up here. Very uh, solemn day for those of us that have lived it and been around it. Dad, you had a little better experience winding up on the other side of cut day I, than I did? I did. I, I In the three teams I was on, I never got cut uh, during camp. I got cut like before the season started. Congratulations. Yeah, I still got cut. Yes. Wait a minute. I still yes. got cut wow. twice. Yes. Out of, yes. out of three teams. So, uh, yeah, I, I felt the sting of that, but not in training camp where these guys are going to feel it. And we're, yes. we're certainly going to get into that. We got a lot. I mean, my gosh, baseball, basketball. Gojo got his name two, first. Two, but... Two-time training camp yeah. cutty over here. Yeah, yeah. I, so, met the, I met the Turk on multiple occasions. And, and this is going to be a big one. This it used to be, you know, segmented. Now it's one big cut tomorrow, 90 to 53. It's going to be yeah, going to be amazing. But I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to be back on morning, morning shows again. Wow. Yeah. And we sawed off the first two hours of what was normally a four-hour marathon for you. For That's You're the welcome. Duty. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. I know that was <laughs> yeah, your Yeah, that was duty. my idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it was normally 6 to 10. I'd get up at 4.15. This is 8 to 10. Yeah. You know, Eastern time. It's just a beautiful thing. I got some beauty sleep, so I feel like, well, well I don't look that. Especially for you with the beauty sleep. How are you feeling? So I obviously raised hell last week because you and mom decided to ditch me and go over to Ireland yep. for the Notre Dame game in Dublin. You were yesterday in a different country, and you're old. So how are you feeling right now? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit. Yeah, we were happy that you dog-sitted for Hank, Harry, and uh, Ted, our two pugs and bulldog. That was oh, nice yeah. of you. While we had a ball, your mother and I had a great time over in Dublin watching Notre Dame victory that we're going to talk about. But yeah, I landed yesterday in Chicago with your mother and then stayed in Chicago for like three hours and jumped the plane here to Boston for these studios to be here 
for the week. So there's been some travel. Uh, I am 60 years old, so it does take its toll. I will be napping today at some point. Yeah, that is going to happen. Uh, you have earned the rest, as has that Notre Dame football team wow. you're talking about, because wow. uh, we had obviously a lot of newness going on in this Monday, but the most important fact is Notre Dame's still undefeated right now. Yes, they are. Coming off a 42-3 beatdown of Navy over the weekend, and obviously love the Naval Academy, going to be rooting for Coach right. Newberry and that team in the rest of the games that they play. That was fun as hell to watch, and I can only imagine what it was like seeing Sam Hartman sling four, count him four touchdowns in his debut performance in person. So it was, Woo! and that's what everybody was waiting for. Notre Dame hadn't had a, a passing quarterback in a while. So it was even as Sam Hartman threw a swing pass, people were like, we have a quarterback. It's like, wait a minute, you know, okay, it's a swing pass. Let him throw the ball downfield. It was, bre- a, it was a beauty of a swing pass. I know, though. it really hey. was. But what you saw, I mean, he ended up going, what, 19 to 23, 251, as Mike mentioned, four touchdowns, no interceptions. They ran the ball for 191 yards. They had nine different receivers catch the ball. And that's what I was most happy about, Mike, was get Sam acquainted with the receivers and the running backs coming out of the backfield. Yeah. Because this turned out to be an easy win, which we all thought it it would be and should have been. Yeah. But you wanted to start that relationship because, Sam, we're going to have to pass in some games to win. And that's been the fear in the past few years that if we had to pass our way back in, we were going to be in trouble. So they can do it now with Sam couple new offensive guards, finding the receivers that he's going to get a good relationship with. So it was a good start there, and I was very impressed with the defense. A lot of times, because that triple option is such a tough thing to run against because you can't practice at full speed during practice, that you usually give up some yards. But this defense clamped them down really, really well. I understand it's week zero. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I understand this Navy team is probably going to be bad. Like we we mentioned. It's a new regime there. Coach Ken Niamatololo, who had been there for the longest time, owed a ton of respect. There's a lot of turnover. And in a time in college sports right now, in college football, the triple option is probably in its dying day. I would agree. With the rule changes to cut blocking, college football, and all these different things, it's going to really be tough. And they were trying to kind of merge two worlds. So I get Navy is probably going to be bad this year. Notre Dame went out and checked the box in a big way. They did. That was as clean a win as you are going to see on both sides of the ball. And to your point, the biggest question mark has been in the last couple of years, that quarterback spot. Notre Dame's had a pretty well-rounded roster everywhere else. Right. They've had a high floor because of the offensive and defensive line of scrimmage. And so this definitely resets expectations, I think, a little bit. You're ultimately going to be defined by this year, Notre Dame, I think, your ability to win the games you're supposed to That's win. exactly right, yeah. Yeah. Go out there and make sure you don't lose a bunch of these road ACC games. But we know everyone's got circled. Ohio State coming right. up in a few weeks. Clemson certainly right. on the road going to be a big one. And then USC at home with Caleb Williams and company, who we'll right. get to in a bit. Certainly look potent, but this is all of a sudden a Notre Dame team who dad now seems to have the quarterback who's a literal adult in the room. He's a grown man. Yeah, He's 24 he years old. Yep. But also one capable of giving them a multifaceted offense that they haven't had in a while. Yeah, I mean, they, they, we have not been able to trust the offense to throw – uh, Notre Dame back into games. Now you have that. You can throw them in or throw short passes or whatever to keep a lead. Uh, you have trust in that quarterback because some of the reads that he had, and that, that comes with experience, right? 110 touchdowns at Wake Forest. He's been a four-time captain now. He's a captain at Notre Dame. Uh, just his ability to read defenses and, and, and see a blitz that's coming and recognize it, put people in the right position was fantastic to see. And again, as Mike said, listen, we, we are Notre Dame guys, understand. They oh, yeah, were preseason 13. We're not saying move them up to number one. I mean, maybe number three, but not number one. So, hey, listen, yeah. I, the world outside of the top six or seven teams is really close together. 
And so once you start to get into the other Pac-12 teams outside of USC to start the season and a certain other grouping of teams, Notre Dame was right in there anyway. And now you see this and go, okay, that looked the part. And to your point about the young receivers who you're trying to get to know, you know what makes life easier on everybody? Quarterback who knows what he's doing like that. Who it just That was Neo in the Matrix. And we just haven't yeah. had that in a while. So that's why I sound like I'm in love right now, because I am. Yeah, I'm in I, love I, with I, Sam Hartman. Oh, your mother in the stands next to me. I'm like, Sam, Sam. I mean, and, and, with his rib around his neck, yeah, too. Yeah, and it's one thing with... Free, with a little creepy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, one thing was, I, like, I, it's an interesting storyline, but I had to read that headline a few times. Yeah, Sam Hartman with his uh, rib bone around his neck. Last year at Wake Forest, for anyone that didn't right, know, right. he missed the first game of the season. He was dealing with an issue that basically resulted in blood clotting because of pressure put on some blood vessels by a rib bone high in his rib cage. Had to have it taken out. His mom actually helped him preserve the bone, get all the bacteria off it, and then fashion into almost a shark tooth necklace that he now wears on his person going into the stadium. And Dad, if we know one thing about athletes, now that it worked, and he went out there and tossed four touchdowns in his Notre Dame debut, which ties... Uh, former Notre Dame quarterback and Wisconsin tra- transfer Jack Cohn, right. and my former recruiting coordinator and Notre Dame great Ron right. Paulus right. as the highest touchdown output for a Notre Dame quarterback making their debut. He better wear that thing to every freaking game. Forever. I, 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 it's yeah. going to be like enshrined. They're going to put it in a little box and like keep it in the locker And I have no God. problem with that. Out. Like when I get my knee replaced in February, I'm keeping the old knee. I'm going to have mount it up on the... A knee's less cool than a rib, though. I don't oh, know. Not... You could get it mounted. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm yeah. not going to wear it around my neck. No. Obviously, that would look pretty, no. pretty horrible. Be huge. But but I, I'm going to put it on the mantle. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't told the wife that yet, so we'll have to see get what happens. Get a little just... bronze plaque underneath yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. My left knee. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to be clear. You think mom is going to let you put a knee on display no. in one of her homes? No, absolutely not. A place that she lives and decorates. Okay, so here's what you do. You just put it there... And you see how long it takes for her to notice. Oh, it'll be 10 seconds. Okay, 10 seconds. And that's the... Yeah, Mike, I moved that into the garage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I threw I it away. I took one look at it. Oh, that oh. is true. Based on my mom's history with things that are valuable to us, throw she might away. just throw it away throw like it away. she did my Pokemon card. Never forget. Yeah. So, yeah. That can yeah. be worth so, a pretty penny these days. I've wow. reminded her yeah. on multiple... That was your retirement funds. She didn't seem to care. I was going to try to put my nephew through college off yeah. that. <laughs> I will say, as, as much fun as it was in Dublin with the game, the Notre Dame game, and seeing them come out and play the way they did, if you have never seen Go See Them River Dance, we got to see River Dance. I have heard more I about mean, River Dance in the oh last two days. The they're, game? No, let's talk River Dance. Because you freaks. had a bunch of events around this that yeah. you were a part of, too. I mean, there were 40,000 people yes. that came over here for this game, flooded the streets of Dublin, and you came away glowing about Riverdance. We had, and there was a Notre Dame event Friday night. I got to, I was fortunate enough to emcee it. There were 9,000 people there. We did interviews and everything. But Riverdance was like kind of the main string throughout, along with some other, uh, other entertainment. They're unreal. I mean, they're absolutely, un- I watched them and I thought my hip went out of place. I mean, it was ridiculous <laughs> how good knee, they are. Add a, add a hip to the knee. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and they did it on the field before the game. Uh, they had Irish dancers out there. It's very, very cool. The fly, it, it was, it was just a wonderful experience. Thank you for rubbing in, by the way, again all the things about the experience that you got to take in there in person. The flyover, the fire, river dance, all of that stuff. Like, did you at least get somebody me something? had to watch the dogs? I got you a t-shirt. Oh, let's see what we got here. Yeah, I got you a t-shirt. That is go. really nice. That's yours, Mike. There we go. I yeah. pre- All right, there we go. My parents went all the way to Ireland and got me a twenty-six dollar t-shirt. That was actually a little more than that. And, and, and by the way, it was euros. 
not uh, dollars. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's pricier then. Yeah, it's exactly think. right. So yeah. I spend even more. The conversion rate yeah. all uh, gets yeah. up there. Mm -hmm. All right. So mm -hmm. there you we'll go. have plenty more on college football. Week yeah. zero overreactions, which How we are it? so oh. back, baby. It, one game and we already had the, the uh, uh, Caleb Williams winning a second Heisman. I, you know what? <laughs> He might not be the guy on SC that I'm predicting to win yeah. the Heisman anymore based on what we saw this weekend. Yep. But, uh, Dad, speaking of changes and reflections of right. market value from over the weekend here, Trey Lance was probably the biggest bit of NFL news over the weekend. We mentioned the final weekend of preseason games since there's only three, but the news preceding that was now former 49ers tra quarterback Trey Lance, the former number three overall pick in the draft, traded for a fourth-round draft pick to the Dallas Cowboys. Were you as stunned as I was when I first saw that team name pop up as the new home for this quarterback? Well, you're not stunned with anything because it's Jerry Jones. That's for, right. That's so I, the, the, the stunning thing to me was, and I'm going to get back to Sam Fran, was something I said before about them. The stunning thing to me is when this move was made, everybody's starting to say, oh, what does this mean for Dak? Doesn't mean a damn thing for Dak. Yes. I mean, Trey Lance. Jerry Jones would like to I have mean, you believe differently. It, it, it's quarterback controversy. Yeah, okay. and he, he loves, loves that. that stuff. But I mean, seriously, for anybody to think, oh my God, they got Trey Lance. And I don't mean this bad against Trey Lance, as I'm going to get into, but this is, means nothing on Dak. Trey Lance goes there as a third quarterback behind Cooper Rush. The tough part for San Francisco is this year it's 8.3 dead money. Next year it's 5.4 dead money, you know, against the cap for a pick. And I said this before on, our, on your show, is this is squarely in the sights of John Lynch, the GM, who has done a phenomenal job, right? Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, they, they have one of the best rosters, and he's made some great picks. But your pick of a high quarterback gets magnified because it's the most important position on the field. Three, draft, three number ones, three number ones to move up to the third spot to get Trey Lance, a guy who had, you know, a little over two handfuls of starts. So to me, this isn't on Trey. They overestimated what Trey Lance was going to do. Now he got hurt too, so we're not really sure. It's a confluence of a lot of circumstances. And, and, and all of a sudden, Mr. Irrelevant is seven, yeah, seventh round pick playing well. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. you know, it's an early Tom Brady taking over, and, and it's his team. Now, not to compare Brock Purdy and Tom Brady, but sixth rounder, seventh rounder, but still. A lot of people are going to look at trance, uh, Trey Lance and say he's trance. he's a, he's a trance. trance that he's he's a bust. Well, at this point, he is, and that's just the business part of it. But I will look squarely at John Lynch and say this was a bad pick. This was a bad move, and a lot of times you don't want to admit it if you're a GM or a coach that you made a mistake and you give the guy every chance. But it just wasn't happening there, and I understand them putting him on the market. And I didn't know if anybody was going to take him or take a chance on him because, again, he's behind Cooper Rush there. Who's the backup to Dak Prescott? He's, he's third string there. So it sounds like there was interest from some other teams when it came to him. According to Diana Rossini over at The Athletic, the, Ra uh, the Ravens, Bills, and Lions uh, also had interest in picking him up. But it sounds like the Dallas Cowboys coming up with that fourth round pick was well over what most other organizations were willing to part with. And if you are Dallas, outside of Jerry just wanting to make waves, this is a high upside, low risk move for them. Yeah. To oh, develop yeah, yeah, a quarterback yeah. prospect over the next couple of years, you've got the ability to control his fifth year option if you want to pick that up, which again is incredibly cost effective. We talk about that all the time with rookie first round quarterbacks. And now he gets the opportunity that Zach Wilson is also getting in New York. Right. Get a chance to sit and reset without the burden of those expectations, even though we know because it's Dallas and they've already got a complicated relationship. Like, Dad, you saw the quotes from Dak Prescott 
who was asked, were you given a heads up about this? And he said, no. Right. He said, I understand that this is the business, but I found out that morning. Obviously, everyone involved there between Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott all seemed much more worried about Will Greer, the former right. uh, Florida and West Virginia quarterback, who was the odd man out, who right. balled out yeah, in did. his final preseason performance. And they let him play the whole game so he could put that on tape. Dak was calling plays for him, and so they were all focused on him, but slid into that was, yeah, Dak wasn't given any sort of advanced heads up on this. And he said, I'm not surprised by anything that happens eight years into this league. But, Dad, do you think they owed him something for a guy that's already in kind of an interesting position with his salary? I don't think so because this isn't a threat to Dak. Even I know know it's the same position, but there is nobody in their right mind that says, oh, they got Trey Lance first time Dak starts messing up. They start chanting Trey, Trey, Trey. That's It's just not going to happen. It's, it's not, it, he's not a threat to Dak. Again, Cooper Rush, who has filled in last year when Dak missed five games, Cooper Rush went four and one. So he is a very capable backup that can help this team keep their head above water while Dak was out last year. So, no, I, I, I'm not one of those that said you owe this guy. This isn't basketball, which we'll get to, where those guys have a whole lot of power uh, in, in how they, they can receive information and what they can try and force. So I'm not really worried about that. I think one quick thing I do want to say, though, is let's look at the other side. Remember, we keep saying, oh, three first-rounders, three first-rounders for this. Let's look at the other side of it. The Miami Dolphins, who got those picks. Yeah. Look what they turned those picks into. Jalen Waddle got in the draft, and then they used those picks for trades to get Tyree Kill, Bradley Chubb, and drafted Channing Tindall as well. So... I mean, you want to talk about making the most of getting those assets. And that's why with Dallas, this conversation, I think, is going to become pretty simple. They still expressed a desire to extend Dak's contract. That $60 million cap hit sort of makes that a must if they're going to try and be financially viable next year. But I think looking back at the 49ers, there is going to be a conversation of, man, there's a lot of pressure because I think they've got what I call rollover blame right now. Because they're not getting dragged through the muck for making this right. pick after mortgaging their future to get to that third spot to take Trey Lance. The way would be crushing other organizations because right. they've been in the NFC Championship game. Because they're a Super Bowl contender with yep. the rest of that You're roster. Right. If it dips and Brock Purdy comes back down to earth and Sam Darnold looks like the guy that we've seen there constantly and now Trey Lance is somewhere else and you're sitting there looking at the other bag that other teams have been able to pull off your mistakes in the first round eventually they're going to come for you. And so that's the pressure that mounts on this 49ers team right now. They seem capable of it. We'll see. Nick Bosa, still not in camp, right, still, still holding camp, out right, with that right. deal. Plenty to figure out in there. But uh, Dan, coming up, he's not the only one that's still not where their team expects them to be. More interesting news on the Jonathan Taylor front. Mm. We'll see if one of the latest running back contracts tells us anything about what might happen with the Indianapolis Colts star going forward here. All right, guys, we're in the heat of the summer, and you need a pair of great shades that you don't have to baby. Knockaround Sunglasses is the go-to for quality, polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, they just released the first set of teams of their official MLB collection, including Red Sox and Yankees. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits. 
Just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself, and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it. And I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road, and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed's scientific board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. And with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine again with no refrigeration required so trust your gut with seeds dso1 daily symbiotic go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25 gojo to get 25 percent off your first month that's 25 percent off your first month of seeds dso1 daily symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo code 25 gojo all right, welcome back to Gojo and Golik. And speaking of trades or lack thereof, we have to talk about the Jonathan Taylor situation. Still has not been dealt from the Colts. Dolphins, one of a couple teams that are, you know, rumored to be interested in Taylor here, but apparently not willing to give up a first round pick for him. Not entirely surprising. That's allegedly what Indy is looking for. Um, if they're going to be willing to part with him. So DK Network's Nick Simon wrote up a piece about some other teams that are possibly interested in Taylor. So obviously the Dolphins that we've talked about. Then we got the Bucks, uh, Ravens, Bills. So guys, what do you think about this situation here? Because some people are saying like Indy isn't actually serious about trading him to begin with. Yeah, I think that's the, the first question I'd start with, Dad, is do we even believe the Colts are operating in good faith here? Because I don't. I would love to see Jonathan Taylor get out of that situation. It seemed to be made abundantly clear by Jim Ursay. There aren't a lot of good feelings between the organization, Taylor's representation, and certainly the player now. And I would like to see him get to a better spot, but I don't think the Colts are actually operating in good faith here. So, let me ask you this. Do they? Well, they did say seek a trade. Okay, so I guess it would be kind of, go ahead and do that and we'll, we'll help you out. But secretly, secretly, well, do they want him by by saying, we want a first-round pick, and if we don't get it, they can just go to Jonathan's agent and say, listen, and, and a team is allowed to ask for what they want. Remember, this is a business, and if the team wants to get rid of a player or trade a player, it's fine by me if they want to get the most they can for that player. And if they want a first-rounder and can't get it, maybe that's their way of saying, hey, Jonathan, we tried. What are you going to do now? Oh, I mean, yeah. they're, yeah. Setting, they're setting the market at what they know is an unrealistic yeah. place based off what we've seen. I agree. To say, oh, we're just asking. Like, no, you're asking for something you know is you're, unrealistic you're not get. Right. to try and rub a player's nose in it like you have already. Like Jim Irsay said the quiet part loud when he started tweeting he about did. how they yeah. feel about Jonathan Taylor, the player, his representation, the way they've positioned themselves in the running back market. That's why I don't think they're dealing on it. And now it, they it, have like plausible deniability, right? Because it's like the market is bad for running backs right. right now. And they're like, oh, well, we, this is what we asked for. So they're kind of like... But, yeah. and I, I agree with that. Yeah. But to Mike's point, everybody sees through that, right? Yeah. Everybody sees through that and say, listen, you know you're not getting a first rounder for a running back nowadays. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So while you acted like the good guy in this, hey, go ahead and look for a trade, you know, and, and we'll help you out. And they want a first rounder for it. I get it. I get, I get the bad faith move there. 
So will he get moved? If he doesn't, you know, what's he going to do coming back out? He's due, what, a little over $5 million this year. Um, he's going to be running for somebody this year, I would imagine. I'm sure the Colts would still like it to be for them. It, they sh- that's the, been the most confounding part of all this is the Colts should be as incentivized as anybody yes. to try and keep this player happy. And they made this whole situation unnecessarily combative with a guy you're going to want running next to your rookie quarterback who's going to be incredibly RPO heavy in Shane Steichen's offense. And just in general, what better way to help onboard your super athlete quarterback who's trying to polish some area of his games than by offsetting his rushing ability with the ability of a guy who led the league in rushing two years ago. So what I don't know is what if there had been any offers made money-wise, right? Because I, I guess Jonathan, what, he's 24? 24 years I old. I mean, this guy, we, we keep talking about running backs, you know, peaking early, like at 30. Well, he's six years away from that. So you got a while there. So I don't. I guess I don't understand, even like with Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, who signed that one-year deal as well, why you're not giving these guys deals, a two-, three-year deal that's worth 12 to $14 million a year. It's still unbelievably low yeah. from a salary cap standpoint. You got the top running back, Christian McCaffrey, averaging 16 mil, Alvin Kamara, 15 mil, then Derrick Henry, 12.5. So if you offer these better running backs, Josh, Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, these three year, four year deals at that amount, it's, it's actually low on the cap. So I, I, I'm sometimes not sure why they're not doing that. And that's what I had thought. Well, I think we see that copycat league thing come up all the time where all of a sudden you hear so much conversation and see so many people going, well, all right, running backs aren't worth this market right. setting price that we think we've been going to for a while. And so we're going to hard reset on that because we've seen injuries to some of those high profile guys, bad contracts given out that have turned out not in the way that teams had intended for all of them. And now we're getting to this point on the other side where you're seeing, and I don't know if these are instructive or not, but since that running back Zoom call that we talked about, I saw Sam Monson over at PFF tweet about this. You had Austin Eckler get about $1.8 million more in incentives right. to stay in Los Angeles with the Chargers. You got Saquon get about nine hundred grand more in incentives. On, in incentives there to come back to New York. And then Josh Jacobs got about $1.9 million more coming up on that. And those were you know guys dealing with the franchise tag, guys dealing with that portion at the end of their rookie contracts. You've got Jonathan Taylor in the middle of this. I thought that Derrick Henry deal that you brought up, which was, I think, a five-year or a four-year $50 million with like 22-5 guaranteed. It averaged 12-5 a year. I thought that would have been way more instructive. If you are coming up in the running back market, we all know running backs' most valuable years are on their rookie contracts. You're eligible for the extension after that third year. Why not lock those guys up at a rate that makes them feel good, that's a little bit over where you'd be at for the running back franchise tag, get the meat of their career. Like, again, this is the unfortunately the part that still feels exploitative, but if you're operating from the team standpoint, that gets you a win. And if you're the player, you get three years of job security, probably heavily incentivize that towards the front end or put the guarantees towards the front end, and you get to that second contract that these guys are looking for. So, And you wonder when the running back position will come back. You have Bishon Robinson in Atlanta, Junior yeah. Gibbs in Detroit, the first rounders who went in the top 10. Can they change this? But, Mike, the game might change this. We know it's a cyclical game, right? So the running back doesn't have the value right now. When, when and, or if and when will that value come back? 
You look at defenses right now, they're smaller and spread out wide because it's a passing league, right? You have edge rushers who are tweeners who in my day would have been too small for a DN and too big for a linebacker. Now they're the norm in the NFL, but it's all spread out. You have a linebacker out, another DB in playing. So will the running game become prevalent again saying, okay, you got small guys out here with spread out wide nines on your DNs. You know, you're kind of spread out. We're going to run the ball. You know, and make the running back, not do it to make the running back position big again, but this taking what the defense is giving us. I know I'm sure you're an old offensive lineman. If you had a spread out uh, defense, I'm sure you'd love to say, let's just run the damn ball. Let's go straight ahead. The, the issue is still going to be for them the availability of so many talented players laid into the draft, guys you can get young and cheap. Because there are so many guys at running back, because it's still the most accessible body type in football. It is. That you've got a glut of talent at that position, and that's what kind of undermines the value, is so many organizations can say, well, we'll just build a backfield like the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they drafted uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the end of the first round a couple of years ago. That didn't stop them from having Isaiah Pacheco be the leading rusher on a Super Bowl that's team exactly last right. year. You're so right. that's what still undercuts that even if the game shifts back a little bit. I think the thing, it's almost going to be like the way NBA big men evolved where you were wondering, all right, since the post-up was deemed uh, low uh, efficiency shot when we started going to a more analytically inclined model in basketball, and then now you see seven-footers who can dribble the ball up court. You see guys like Giannis. You see guys like Jokic leading the Nuggets to a championship. Running backs now, it's going to have to be guys full-time like McCaffrey's, where not only can you tote the rock in the backfield, but you can run the full route tree, and you're as good as a slot receiver, and you give them that optionality. Because, Dad, that to me is the biggest thing is, when you come on the field, a defense can't point to you right away and say, all right, that's the first two downs. They're handing it off to you. Exactly He's just right. a scat back. He's just a protection guy. You're going to have to, unfortunately, be able to do more. It raises the bar of what you've got to be able to bring. That's McCaffrey. That's Austin Eckler. That's Alvin Kamara. These guys where they can line up in the slot, line up wide, be a mismatch to the defense. Which And, and that sucks to say because you just said it. Austin Eckler. That guy had to fight for his life fight to get him more money everything. out of that. And he caught a hundred, over 100 passes last yeah, year. Yeah, listen, I, I agree. It's getting difficult for the running back because you can get him in the later round. It's kind of a microcosm in San Fran where Trey Lance gets pushed aside because of the quarterback you got in the later round uh, in Brock Purdy. So it's still a tough position for him. Jonathan Taylor, few teams, Miami, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, the Bills going after a Miami, the hardest. What a, what a running back room that would be there. Yeah, I know Jesse brought up the article with a couple of teams mentioned Tampa Bay should be out of that right I, now. I that's a team yes. that's going to have, I yep. think, more existential problems. Agreed. After this season here, you've obviously lost Tom Brady, the heart and soul of that offensive line. Ryan Jensen, yep. unfortunately, He's it sounds like may year. have played yeah. his last snaps there as they've had to overhaul that group. But those other teams, I thought it would be more contenders like the Bills, like the Baltimore Ravens and company, even like the Dallas Cowboys, who are in it to try and go right now with the roster you got, who might need one more thing right. to bring yeah. them over the hump. So from a team building standpoint, it's going to be interesting. We will talk to former GM Mike Mayock in a little bit and kind of ask him how he sees this going. Josh Jacobs was one of the picks in yes, his first was. draft class yeah. with the Las Vegas Raiders. So we can certainly check that out. But coming up next, some is great, more is better. We need to get even more Notre Dame uh, in on the action and talk to NFL legend Joe Montana coming up here next. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. 
Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. And of course, they are Notre Dame alums, and they just wanted to get some more Notre Dame into the show. Hell yeah. Who can blame them, okay? Woo! Yeah, yeah. Hear them out there just cheering for their alma mater. So, Golik Sr. was in Dublin over the weekend watching Notre Dame trounce Navy, as we heard about, as we talked about. He also um, had a chance to talk to another Notre Dame alum. You might know the guy, uh, Joe Montana. Pretty cool. Uh, Joe also was on that interview. Amazing. We know Joe Montana's resume. Do I even have to talk about it? But he did win a national championship with Notre Dame. So he was there cheering on his boys like everybody else. So let's go ahead and take a look at that interview that these two conducted. All right, this is a fun one. Very excited to welcome in Super Bowl champion, national champion, and NFL Hall of Famer Joe Montana here on behalf of the folks at Guinness over in Dublin. So, Joe, you make the trip over to Dublin with the folks at Guinness to celebrate the start of college football with Notre Dame. What's this atmosphere been like? It's a combination of a lot of really great things all coming together. Oh, yeah, for sure. We have the whole family here, which has been great. And actually, um, our um, our youngest daughter, Elizabeth, and her husband had their new baby uh, baptized uh, two days ago here. So it's been, oh. been a lot of fun with all the family. Now it's starting to get kind of crazy because uh, all the fans are starting to show up. They, they've been slowly through, but as of today, yesterday, well, yesterday evening, we tried to walk around through the, uh, the little walking streets they have here. and. It was packed. So, but all because of this little thing right here. <laughs> well, listen, talk about that for a minute because the I've used four words since I've been here a few days a lot. I'll have another Guinness. I've been that that's kind of been my line. So so what's going what's going on with them? Uh you know, we the we got some new things coming on. I've been with Guinness for a number of years now, and um they're they're the big promotion coming out now is Guinness Zero. They don't know alcohol. And, and they brought in some other guy named Joe. Damn it, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Burrow. Yeah. And so we, they just released some of the content the other day, and there'll be more coming along. But uh, it's been a, been a great relationship here with Guinness for me. And, and now with Joe coming on, and, you know, great people to work for, great tradition, sort of like Notre Dame, right? Big history. A lot of tradition here and um, a great product. Right? Yes, it and, is. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And, we've been, and, and the boys have been in charge of finding all the old, older pubs and famous ones they want to see. So we've been trying to get around doing that. And now it's, things are getting crazy. And we're here at the, um, uh, at the uh, storehouse. I can never remember storehouse. I keep wanting to call it a brewery. <laughs> storehouse. It's only 14 levels, so no big deal. Wow. I know. And, and in fact, they're, the, the kids and everybody are here taking, going around taking a tour. 
I'm sure the boys are all having a few pints along the way, but uh, uh, it's been great. It's been a great trip so far. So for you and your family, you get to enjoy all of those parts of the trips with the fine folks at Guinness, and that's a great time. The other part of the tradition you talked about in Notre Dame is over there trying to win a football game. Marcus Freeman heading into year two with the program. Joe, what's your expectation for Coach Freeman in year two as he tries to add to the legacy of this program? Well, I love what he's been able to do. Um, I think one of the things that I, that everyone I talk to about, I haven't been around him. I, you, he doesn't have my new phone number yet. So I used to <laughs> because I, I haven't gotten it out to everyone. I literally just changed it before I left for Europe about two weeks ago. And so normally I, I talk, talk to him a, a bunch of times and um, I'm sure he'll yell at me when I get down on the field for not giving him my phone number before the game. But um, uh, I just think he brings a different understanding and a different level of professionalism to say that I don't think was there before. Um, and, and that person lasted a long time, you know, he won a bunch of games, but I, I think he's gonna do great things there. I just, I just really like his demeanor. I like what he's about. I like what I've seen, what he's put on the field last year and was able to maintain where they were before. And the only, the only problem I see is, man, I looked at that schedule. They, what, man, they're stacked up there for a while. So it'll be a great test, and um, but it's going to be a tough one for them this season. It's got some good teams coming up down the line. But, Joe, take everybody down on the field a little bit where they really can't go. Notre Dame gets a new quarterback, Sam Hartman, who comes over from Wake Forest, has thrown for, you know, I think 110 touchdowns. Everybody's excited because he can throw the ball, and we feel we'll have a passing offense to go with the running offense. But tell us how difficult it can be to have a new guy come into a system, even though he's been around for a while, learn a whole new system, learn the language of the system, and then try and get on the same page with receivers and just what kind of a process that is. I think the, the biggest process, I don't, I don't think learning the system as much um, will, would be a problem. It's, it's getting that time with the receivers and, and because that's the, that's the thing it takes the most for quarterbacks is you get, you're looking at body language, you're looking at making sure they understand exactly what you're thinking. And it takes a while. Even, even when I went to Kansas City, I knew that offense. It just had different terminology, but Paul Hackett was there, who was with us with the 49ers and through um, our second Super Bowl. And so my transition was easy, but it was getting receivers on the same page that, that you're on. And just like simple little things, I, I called this one play and I told these guys, I go, okay, look, here's the deal. If you hear me say 20 read, I am not calling the ball to throw to the halfback. I'm throwing it because they're playing the defense and I'm throwing the post. So as soon as you hear that, if you're running the post, you're the guy running the post, just get your head up because it's coming. <laughs> Even if I get a blitz, I'm hitting my back foot and I'm throwing it. And sure enough, I call it. He doesn't think about it. And he drops it. He didn't think it was coming. And he looks up and it's there and he drops it in the end zone. Oh. And he was so upset. And, and they just said, no, you just don't. don't you can't get upset because it's going to come again. We're going to do it again. I promise you. And it, those are the little things that have them understand what the offense is about. 
and have the quarterback and the receiver. So I knew the offense more than they did and vice versa. Now the, it happens with them. The receivers know it probably better than um, the quarterback now. And so he, he just has to spend a lot of time with them. And I think that's the toughest part of it. And, you know, they run the ball well, so it should take some of the pressure off of them. Dad, you know all about the uh, Joe yeah. Montana late game heroics and ability to do some of those things outside of the structure of the normal offense, don't yeah. you? I, I did meet him at Notre Dame. He was there with my, my brother Bob. They came in together, won a title in 77, uh, together beating Texas in the Cotton Bowl when Earl Campbell was the Heisman Trophy winner. But then I got to, so I've known him then, and then I got to play against him in the pros so much. I go back to a game when I was at the Eagles in 1989. I can't believe they have stats on the internet you can find out for a game 1989, yeah. the year before I was born. Well, the year I was born, yeah. <laughs> well, you have to go on the line for this. On the um, line! On the line. Let's go! <laughs> you put it out there, and then yeah. you get it. Uh, on the interwebs. On, on the interwebs. So 1989, sorry, gang. You know, <laughs> dust off the stats oh, yeah. for this one. We were winning 18 to 10 going in the fourth quarter. Joe, Joe didn't throw one, not two, not three. He threw four touchdown passes in the fourth quarter to BS 38-28. We sacked him eight times in that game, yet he still threw for 425 yards and five touchdowns and beat us in the fourth quarter. Good work if you can get it. So he pulled the Sam Hartman in one quarter <laughs> against NFL players Dressing. after getting his whole ass yeah. beat the entire game. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's why he's got a gold jacket and a bust in Canton that Boltman can also look at, and yeah. we're sitting here. Yeah, I, I, it's exactly right. Hey, Listen. he's going to have a knee up on the mantle, Ooh. okay? When mom throws that out, we should see if we can get them to put your knee in Canton. Yeah! Yeah, could we? Yeah. Should we so, start a campaign well, now? Put it, put it next to Reggie's bust in there, and that way it can be like when you were helping Reggie up after all those sacks, when he would get to the quarterback, you can have, I'm sure he was about knee level with this you. This is our that chance. Happened, so you just put your knee by Reggie's head, and there we go. It's uh, beautiful. Am I allowed to flip both of them off? Can yeah. I do that? Mm. Blur it. Do I you have a yeah. little blur button? <laughs> yeah. I actually don't think we're FCC monitored here, so I'm going to find the out for sure. The producers are saying no. Yeah. <laughs> just know in my mind, that's what I'm doing right okay. now. Okay. okay. That's what I'm doing. We, I have <laughs> a visual. I have they're, a visual. They're definitely freaking out. Visuals are great. Audio might even be better. So why don't we get to some sound from the NFL weekend <laughs> that was uh, here with one special quarterback in New York. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. My favorite part about being back in studio, because Dad and I have been doing the podcast for a little bit apart, is 
him readjusting to being a creature in a studio. Yeah. My dad has acted like he's a baby strapped into this chair. Yeah. Every time something happens, he's had people fetching his backpack. He just had his laptop fall off the desk over there and reached in and felt like the floor was lava and he had to keep himself attached to that. Jesse, you've got a baby at home right now yeah. operating in a high chair. It feels like we need to get him something like Very, that. Very, I mean, I, I'm feeling the same level of sort of like stress and anxiety when I, like when my baby makes a sudden move. And no. The mom don't do it. The instant, yeah. like, mom ultra instinct yes. kicks in and you go to reach and save it. Is this so. going to happen all the time? It might. I mean, I'm just 60. I'm He's not a like good boy. old, okay? He's a good boy. That's okay. We, we got some snacks. Aww. We got some snacks. Oh, really? Where? Yeah, actually outside the <laughs> yeah, okay. we'll get Let's on get that. Yeah. I'm happy I got your, that. I got your snacks right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we want to uh, try out this Mic'd Up Monday, yeah. which we're very excited about. Some of the best NFL sound from over the weekend to get to. Uh, brought to you by our friends at Wrangler mm -hmm. right now. Made for the ride of life. You can save 15% off your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. That's GOJO15. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Wrangler. Absolutely. Uh, like them, love them. Gotta have it. Also like this, the NFL felt officially back. Aaron Rodgers got on the field for his Jets debut against the Giants this weekend, and he and his head coach, Rob Sala, had this to say about his debut and performance. Had some butterflies for sure. I think that's that's always normal. First time I strap it on, it's, it's kind of the, the standard, whether I'm in year one uh, playing San Diego Chargers or year 19, you know, preseason number four. There's, there's always... Uh, some butterflies when you step out there for the first time, but uh, I loosened up pretty good when I got the ovation when I took the field. That was a special moment um, uh, just to, you know, have that kind of support taking the field for that TV timeout. Uh, that was pretty special. Felt like that first drive was going to go score two. Uh, obviously, we got set back on that uh, uh, personal foul, but just just the way he works at the line of scrimmage, um, Garrett, special football player, obviously he trusts him. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's a start. I got to say, do we think that if we got to the WrestleMania of head coaches, the last two standing would be Robert Sala and Dan Campbell? 100%. Yeah. 100%. They, they are. Two, right? it, Mike Vrabel is probably furious. He's got a right. lot of size. You go for Vrabel. That's a big boy. Dude, he hit the ball a ton. You know what? I maybe should put him in there. I feel bad now I didn't put him in there. They're just a little more jacked. Vrabel's got more functional mass. Yeah, we do have D'Amico Ryans, too, another another youngster as a head coach, so maybe him, too. The July NFL coaching cage match conversation <laughs> has gotten very interesting. As has this conversation, yeah. though, Dad, Aaron Rodgers, outside of dressing like a guy who talks about drugs publicly as much as he does, also went out there and played quarterback the way that we've become accustomed to in this game. But I think even bigger news for him, Makai Becton named the starter at right tackle. Right. Elijah Vera Tucker back out there in front of him. They had more of the full group in front of him in this game, and we got to see just enough of the good stuff with that touchdown. Well, to that's Wilson. been the thing. A couple of weeks ago, everybody was like, uh-oh, what, kind of, what kind of protection is he going to have? Three of the starting old linemen were out. I mean, they were hurt. you got to wait till you get to the regular season. The fear would be is those injuries and do they keep sneaking up on you yeah. or they, they get you in week two where a guy's missing a couple of weeks. The greatest continuity you would love to have outside of the quarterback being there every game is those five guys up front. And when you start at about week 12, week 13, you can tell the teams that are struggling, they've had eight line combinations already or 10 line combinations already. So you're like, you know, you could be in trouble there. So we have to see if these guys stay healthy because they have everything else we were talking about. Brees Hall coming off the ACL, doesn't have to carry the whole load with Dalvin Cook. They have Garrett Wilson and brought in other wide receivers. And the defense is great. Yeah, the defensive line rolls two and three groups yeah. deep. I mean, Bryce Huff being out there playing in preseason pre feet. 
feels like it's gaslighting me. That man going against backup offensive linemen is terrifying here. So all seems to be good right now in Jets land. We'll wait and see. Hopefully they don't have to get through 11 offensive right. line combinations yep. again. But let's go for some more new here. Same quarterback, new coach, Sean Payton, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, talking after their 41 to nothing win to close out the preseason. It's always difficult this time of year. That hadn't changed really in 16 years for me. I typically meet with every player, and uh, I was on the other side of that four times. And pretty soon, my mom said, you need to start coaching or doing something else. The dream for so many of these guys is still alive, even if it's not here. The thing that keeps, I don't want to say us up at night, but making sure we find the right 53 and that you don't want to lose a player when, when you had control over it and then have him have success somewhere else. So to credit the players, you know, they a lot of guys will make this challenging with, with their efforts tonight, during the week, really, and even last week. So um, it's always difficult. Yeah, the pressure of getting that 53 right, the pressure yeah. of cut down day, certainly something, but not nearly the pressure he has of making sure he gets the Russell Wilson thing right this year. That's the beginning of that. And he came in and set the tone early, talking about the other people that Russell Wilson had in the building on his on his team. Cough the Jets. Cough. Basically, he's saying, you know, they're they're not going to be around. Then the whole Nathaniel Hackett talk as well. There's a lot of pressure. On both those, Russell Wilson, everybody believes, is going to be a Hall of Famer. Had a horrible year. Sean Payton, he knew he has a Super Bowl win, and his offenses are known to be high-flying offenses. Can they get on the same page? That's going to be the big question for them. And uh, and time will tell. 41-zip in the last preseason game means nothing. I... I can't see a world where they don't at least improve off 5-12 from so. last year. Yeah. Just because Sean Payton knows what he's doing here. Nathaniel Hackett was a first-timer. He was right. learning what he wanted, what right. he liked as a head coach. Sean Payton walked right in, and you mentioned, set that tone. He knows what he wants, how he wants it done, and he knows how to get there. Now, with this quarterback, there are different limitations and challenges. Probably going to look more like the 2021 Saints offense right. Right. than anything he had with Drew Brees, but... This is a guy that at least knows how to situate and operate as a head coach. In the, the biggest NFL. thing is Sean Payton likes to get the ball out of the hand of the quarterback. Russell Wilson loves to improvise. Well, so that's but, where the that's, marriage That's why I say 2021 when you had Jameis Winston, when you had Taysom Hill in that offense, it was a lot more play action, move the pocket, right. the stuff I think we can get with Russ versus what we got with Drew Brees. But let's look at the real new-new here and finish this off with our last soundbite. From Bryce Young, the rookie quarterback, the starter for the Carolina Panthers, talking about his preseason experience and what's gone on leading up to his first season. My teammates, um, you know, just just giving me the confidence and pushing me really throughout practice, throughout, um, again, from rookie minicamp to this day, you know, we get after it and, and compete every day in practice. And, you know, that prepares you a lot. And then, you know, having these these games uh, under my belt now, it's it's great to be able to, you know, take that and then translate to playing against others. And again, obviously, I haven't played in a regular season game before and it's going to present challenges that, you know, I haven't faced yet, but I'm excited for that. And, you know, I understand the challenge that comes with it. And, um, you know, I'm excited to grow through that and I'm going to be able to, you know, it's great to know that it's not just me out there again. I'm going to be able to lean on my, my teammates, my brothers for that, my, the coaching staff. Um, and, you know, that that's where that confidence comes from. So, Dad, we now have all three first-round right. rookie quarterbacks <laughs> named as the starter. C.J. Stroud, the latest, after their final preseason game against the Saints. What do you expect from these guys going into year one? Uh, not much. I mean, they're rookie quarterbacks. I mean, it's just – and I don't mean that in a mean way, but you're a rookie quarterback. You're on bad teams – you're going to make mistakes. You're going to turn the ball over. The defense is not going to be able to carry you at all times. So there's going to be a struggle. But I have never had a problem 
with teams like these, in this case, Carolina and Houston and Indy, who I don't think are going to be on the competitive side this year, though you never know. But I don't think that is to put these rookies in, let them get their eyes watered and their nose bloodied, let them learn. Uh, so I, I am fine with all those guys starting. That's why it, it's so interesting to me that, again, Jonathan Taylor's 24 years old. Yeah. You have a rookie quarterback, so a, a rookie quarterback who you took in the first round, so that's a five-year deal, including the team option. You have time there. And again, the long contract won't cost you that much as a running back. Why you wouldn't want Jonathan Taylor in the backfield with a rookie quarterback who can run as well, I have no idea why they haven't been able to work that out. That O-line needs to come back. They had a bad year last year. But you're setting up a 24-year-old in Taylor and a rookie in Anthony, Anthony Richardson to be your backfield for years to come. And, again, it won't cost you a ton. I don't get it. And you've got a quarterback on a rookie contract, which we've yes. heard is supposed to be this overwhelming yes. advantage for you in financial planning like that. The cool part for me as, as someone – listen, I cover majority college football, especially for my job outside of here – and so you get to see a lot of these guys. These look like the exact same guys that we handed off the baton from from college, right? Do, they do, yeah. Anthony yes. Richardson, game needs a little bit of polish in certain areas, but moves in the pocket and operates right. there better than people would expect. Otherworldly athlete. C.J. Stroud got the arm to make all the throws. You saw that on display last night. Bryce Young, true like NFL-level accuracy, functional accuracy, where he's getting to the ball. For all these guys, it's in Carolina. Is the protection going to hold up? Because that right. got scary in the preseason. And do they have guys to get open? Because I think especially – for what we saw in uh, Indianapolis and what we saw for Bryce Young in Carolina, I got worries about their receivers right. being able to get loose and get after it. We're just getting started here. Coming up next, we'll get Mike Mayock in here to help us work through cut day in the NFL and find out how you go about planning for these rosters. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.